0: It's the question that drives us. What is the podcast matrix? Get your entire podcast library hosted at the podcast matrix. What is the podcastmatrix.com?
1: Ready to conceive solutions to problems in an atmosphere free of political correctness? Find a new sense of purpose at wadesense.com.
0: That's wadesense.com.
1: Welcome everyone to Wade Sense, the podcast. I am your host, Wade B. Olson, the sage of St. Louis. Across from me sits the technical savior of this program. Thankfully, he is here, the irascible, the amazing Mr. Mike Wilkerson. I am Mike. You were just Mike. I am Mike. You are Mike. On the mic. Mike on the mic. Okay. All right. Everyone, we've got something a little special planned today, and it's a, a new effort. But if we have as much fun recording it and you do listening to it, there will be more. This is the YouTubery Dummy Codes Extravaganza Volume 1. Mm, very nice, very nice. Yeah, so we're going to do our favorite YouTubery hits, followed by the ever growing popularity of Dummy Codes. You got your selections all picked up. Oh, out? Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm very excited about this. This is uh, something that you and I always enjoy going and harvesting content for. Oh, yeah. And so I'm very excited what we're going to be able to give to the audience tonight. Very excited.
1: As always, pick your favorites and let us know over at wadesense.com. Ah, YouTubery, our chance to go and look at the world's second best performing search engine. Yeah, yeah, um, great stuff. I've got my first pick, and uh, this is, I, I love doing stuff where people have taken really nothing and made something out of it. It turned <laughs> sure. into just, just, a, just a, a, a great, simple business idea. This was a woman, and forgive me, dear, I know I'm going to butcher your name. She's from South Africa. Her name is Thato Kagath. I'm going to spell it T H A T O K G A T L H A N Y E. I'm going to have to insist that you pronounce that actually. Tato Kag Lahani? Tato Kag Lahani. There you go. Look at that. Perfect. <laughs> Perfectly enunciated. I feel like I'm in South Africa already. Yeah, I bet you do. Amazing. Uh... Anyway, my dear, I'm, I'm really sorry for butchering your name. But she, she was, basically what happened was is she was constantly seeing kids carrying their school books to school, but they would be carrying them in plastic bags. Mm-hmm. And, of course, what ends up with the bags, they end up getting thrown like bags will end up doing. And it was breaking her heart, one, seeing these kids with these bags, mm-hmm. and two, just ending up being thrown in the trash. So what she did is she came up with an idea. She would take these bags— she would reconstitute them and make them into an enforced bag so that the kids had something that they could carry that was a lot nicer to school. And then at the same time, and, and, and this is the genius of the woman, she put a little passive solar cell on the back of the school bag. So hmm. as the kids are walking to school, this mm-hmm. thing is charging up. Wow. And then when they get home, they take it off mm-hmm. and they screw it onto a jar mm-hmm. And now this lights up, and, and she showed how much it lit up. It was just really amazing. It lights up so that these kids have safe light to study by because they were trying to use candles and other dangerous things like that, and candles mm-hmm. are in short supply. Mm-hmm. Her business, uh, long story short, is now um, employing eight people of its own. And like she said, I made something from nothing. Wow. So my hats are off to her. I, I was just, I was really impressed. It's, it's just three minutes long, it's at 1 million women, repurposed school bags. So go over there and check it out. Nice. We'll link to it inside the show notes for this episode for sure. Mike, your turn.
0: Are you a big Metallica fan, Wade?
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: Meaning you can probably hum a few bars of Enter Sandman, oh, correct? Yes. Okay, and that's about it.
1: A little bit more than that. But-
0: like what? Tell me how deep the Metallica rabbit hole goes for Wade.
1: No, you're right. From Wadesense.com. Sadly, sadly, you're right. That is about the only. Song what about that pops what about sad head.
0: but true? Although I did meet
1: the buyer for, when I was driving, I did meet the buyer for the Metallica Group.
0: Buyer for the Metallica Group. Got it. Like
1: she went out and bought stuff that they needed, underwear or blah, 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 or whatever. She was the the, the purchaser for the group. And I got a little bit of an insight into the group. And it was kind of cool. That was right before the, uh, was it the 2012 election or the 2008? I think it was 2008. And apparently James Hetfield was the only conservative in the group. And everybody else was pretty much leaning to the left. So uh, as it was getting closer to the election at that time, it looked like um, when well, he's running again, McCain was going to lose. And the, the band members were trying to like keep it on the low, but uh, James Hetfield was apparently getting very upset about that. Anyway, that's my little brush with time. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: Great. Let me grab the wheel real quick. All right. So anyway, uh, lifelong Metallica fans since. Probably Inception. Cool. My my love affair with Metallica began in the basement of an Italian pizzeria where there was a a young gentleman named Tim. Uh Uh-huh. I don't remember what Tim's last name was. Right. But if you can imagine what any of those Metallica guys looked like back in 1986. Oh, yeah. He looked exactly like all of them. Quite the mullet
1: mullet going? No, not a
0: giant long hair, thrashing, guitar playing. Oh, okay. Angry, I'm mean, Tim. Yeah, all right. T- Tim was awesome. He was also fun, to work, on a, yeah, he was fun <laughs> to work with on a pizza line. Uh huh. Because what he would do is he would make these little dough dolls as we like, we'd go downstairs and we'd make the dough, right? And then we'd make the sauce and we'd bring both of that upstairs and then we'd make pizzas all night, right? Uh-huh. And so while we're waiting for orders to come in, particular pizza orders, what Tim would do is he would make these dough dolls. Okay. And eventually what he started doing was he started making them, the pieces of the dough hollow. Okay. So that you could make a little, you know, look like a Mr. Bill doll out of dough. But inside he had put pizza sauce. Okay. So he would take the pizza cutter and start cutting up the little men and go, no, (laughs) So it was a great time on the pizza line. (laughs) Anyway, where I'm going with this is that Tim was a Uber. Metallica fan. Yeah. And so every single moment spent, of course, downstairs, because right. you couldn't play the music in the kitchen because the guests were right outside yeah, yeah. the kitchen. Downstairs was super awesome blasting of yeah. every single Metallica album the entire length that I was working there. Okay. So anyway, super deep, super rooted. Love me some Metallica. And so one day at work, I was like, oh, I could really use some cello. I like I like cello a lot. I wonder what would happen if I typed Metallica cello. And so I put a Metallica cello. I've heard this. And lo and behold, I found Apocalyptica. And Apocalyptica is four gentlemen that play wonderful versions of every single Metallica song.
1: I heard them do a Thunderstruck. On
0: cello. And it is it is spellbinding. Yeah. I, there's enough material on YouTube that you'll go and find them. We'll link to a couple of my favorites. Cool. There's a couple of live concerts that are probably an hour and 25 minutes long. I would love to see that. It's very strange at the onset, but then the 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 taste and flavor is all there. There's several different videos. It's where it's James Hetfield and Metallica they welcome on stage Apocalyptica to do a song and then they eventually end up joining in with them.
1: It's it. That would be amazing. It's
0: spellbinding for anyone that has any, any flavor or interest in Metallica at all. I think you're going to be interested either way. Because yeah. watching these guys play a cello like someone thunders across a guitar like Hetfield and the rest of the band there, it's, yeah. it is amazing to watch. Yeah, and th- what I also find is that the 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 sounds that they're able to get out of something like a cello, you'd think to yourself that's that's gonna suck.
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: And what's really neat is that the when they do choose to take a more serene. Attack at a, at a at a metallica song mm-hmm. it still works yeah but when they want to go one for one metallica in fact that video where they're playing with james hetfield and the rest of the band mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah. it's absolutely amazing we'll link up to all that again it's apocalyptica and they started in the uh, early 90s i think 93 is the really, date that, that i first back? read yeah okay and yeah. It, it's amazing it's absolutely amazing to watch, and even more amazing that they've essentially made a career, a touring career, on the backs of Metallica Music. Going from city to city, from continent to continent. That's it's fantastic. amazing. I mean, just think of the people yeah. that
1: they're introducing mm-hmm. to their music and going back and forth, classical to metallic or mm-hmm. to metal and metal yeah. to classic. Yeah. Well, you know, th- really that's shows. a piece
0: of the, video. the videos too. Is that very often it starts with something incredibly classic? You mm-hmm. know, a, a concerto from insert name of uh, composer blah. It starts like that, and then very quickly thunders into something you never thought you would. Not only see, but not only hear what it is they're doing with the instruments. There, there's a couple of them where it's absolutely indiscernible that they're not playing a guitar, hmm. and I'm like, that is skill. I, yes. I've, yeah. I I've never held a cello in my hand, and I, I don't. I don't. I know nothing about conjuring the music out of something like a cello. Right. Uh, but doing that with a rod in your hand. I, I'm absolutely amazed at what they were able to pull off. Great yeah. stuff. Have
1: you ever thought of the idea itself? I mean just to take horsehair and string it across because <laughs> I believe a, a a bow is basically the what they use that's that's horsehair I think I'm,
0: I'm guessing that these are probably something more composite because I'm talking about damage going on I, I that's the other thing is like i i remember uh, what you're talking about They just it shreds the bow yeah just shredded it a- and I, I, they obviously have others that are standing by in case oh, yeah. something happens <laughs> but what i don't see that's what i'm telling you is i don't see damage inside of an hour and a half going with these guys i'm like how's that working wow. I, I don't understand how that works that is crazy so what, all that means is that they've got to have some sort of composite bow made that is allowing them to
1: just Absolutely, I'd be very curious to know what very, the, very material, cool. the material is. You know, and what that really shows too is is it's just the musicianship, the the talent crosses fields, and it does so easily at that level. And mm-hmm. and that's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, that, that, okay. that, that just adds to the timelessness of the music. Yeah. Wade, what do you got? My next pick comes from uh, PragerU, and I know we've talked about this. And you said that yeah, for the most part, you you're not that into it because they they simplify things. And I I personally think that. That's what you have to do with people is give it to them in small, easily digestible bites that-, that Snackable. Sure, I agree. that yeah, they come across to you. This was on, why is there not a Palestinian state? And it is brought by a gentleman by the name of David Brog, who's the executive director of the Maccabee Task Force. Mm-hmm. And what he shows in short order time from, was it 1936? There were actually four times that the Jews tried to work with the Arabs at the time- to give them their own state. And every single time, they basically just kept going back and saying, no, 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 and kept declaring a war. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what he ends up concluding at the end of this is that at this point, maybe it's just easier and makes more sense to try and convince the Palestinians to accept that the existence of Israel, to have peace. Because their whole idea, the British's whole idea, when they started to look at this, they they had something called the Peel Commission, and they studied the program, trying to figure out what the hell the problem was, and their idea was is that two people wanted to govern the same land, and that's when they started coming up with various ways of splitting it up, and every single time, every single time, the Jewish people were getting the short end of the stick, less and less and less land, but they kept trying to say, no, fine, yeah, we'll do we'll with this, we will go with that, we'll give the Arabs the land, and they just flat out said, no, it's just not going to happen. So it was extremely interesting. It is a total of five minutes and 38 seconds. Like, they're all about that long. Mm -hmm. If you have questions on it, I think they did a very excellent job of succinctly explaining the whole situation. Go over there and take a look at it. Mike?
0: I think we've all marveled again and yet another Marvel feature film offering. (laughs) Nicely done. Over the last weekend, (laughs) of course, we're referring to Captain Marvel. Okay. I will spoil nothing inside of this, so for those of you that have not seen it, fear not. What I will point you to, without pointing in any particular direction on whether I liked or didn't like the film, is to a review by a gentleman named Mark Bernardin. Mark Bernardin, for those that aren't familiar with him, is not only a screenplay writer, not only a writer for many major magazines and uh, comic book lines, but he is also the co-host for Fat Man on Batman, which is the Kevin Smith uh, essentially, his comic book focus podcast Oh. that typically occurs weekly. It hasn't for the last several weeks because Kevin Smith is out shooting the next step of the Bob and Silent J feature film stuff.
1: That'll whatever. be interesting with him being the reduced Kevin Smith now.
0: Yeah, I, I, I he's going to have fun with it. I, I have to be honest, I'm not a fan of Kevin Smith in general. I think that I, I did like, you see Dogma? I, you did. No. No. I, I don't get on board most of his films because there's a there's an ebb and flow inside of his work process. I really, really like a lot of the things that he says. Mm-hmm. But inordinately, what happens is some reference to... Something archaic? No, not something archaic. In particular, it's usually uh, fellatio oh. or semen-filling it, orifices, uh, and I, yeah, I'm done. I, right. I, pull, I pull the chute. Mostly because it's it's not because I'm a prude. It's because, especially if I'm listening to it with someone that I don't want to have to hear that, uh, yeah. I'm doomed. I What am I going to do?
1: Right, that's an uncomfortable moment.
0: Right, and it's what makes this, this review from Mark Bernardin all the more palpable because Kevin Smith is not in it. Uh, not surprisingly, Mark Bernardin's attitude and things that he says also skew so that they're not askew mm-hmm. which is also a haha because if I'm not mistaken that's the name of
1: askew something productions or something like right. that kevin yeah. smith yeah
0: anyway i want to point everybody to it because View Askew, View askew that's yeah. it yeah that's it i wanted to point everybody to this review because it's so very well done by somebody that is a professional but more importantly can pull off some of the best what i would tend to call rewind and rewrite segments mm-hmm. meaning he, he'll tell you why he didn't think something worked And then he would tell you not only why, but what if they had done this? And what he inevitably comes up with is always something better. And if someone, not someone like him, but if that can be come up with and would have been better. Uh I don't understand how a writer's room doesn't, someone doesn't chime in and go, what if we just do something different or something?
1: I know if I was there, I'd have to do that. Yeah.
0: Anyway, Mark Bernardin's review of Captain Marvel- is really really well done it mm-hmm. showcases why i like mark bernard and we're going to point to it over the show notes over at wadesense.com
1: does he at all talk about how i i've heard that uh i i heard a couple of reviews on captain marvel where they were basically saying that it was politically correct obsessed and that they were they were trying to make it is
0: no there there's no. a there's a definitive raw female push but uh, i i didn't I didn't feel that it was a blunt over the head bludgeon. I didn't feel that. Okay. It's definitely there. It's definitely there mostly because she's a female fighter pilot. There's a second female fighter pilot that's featured in it. Mm. And then there is a full on Air Force female pilot commercial on the front end of the movie. Okay.
1: So if that's what they're going to call female power bashing... No, I think it was actually the comments that the actress herself made afterwards where she was basically saying that white men didn't need to go watch. And And, and and I know
0: that she's she's backed that she's walked that back quite a bit now.
1: Um,
0: Not not just because she shouldn't have said the things to begin with, Mm -hmm. not because it's going to make a giant shit ton of money. But also because, if I'm not mistaken, inside of the clause of her contract to be a Marvel character, Mm -hmm. there's a code of conduct that you also have to follow. And what she was doing is definitively against what she's supposed to be doing. And I I don't know that, but it's a guess. And Mm -hmm. that's why she's decided to walk back a lot of what she said. What I do know is that, in general, Chris Evans, the Captain America actor, he leans very definitively left. Uh And for nine entire spans of movie time... He's been absolutely silent in regard to bending one way or another. And now that his contract is up, mm-hmm. the, the, wheel's gone, the wheel's gone to the left, right. the car's gone into the embankment, and he's right. giant flying left-handed.
1: Okay, well, you know, that's entirely... I mean, personally, I like actors that will just act and, and it's like, why, I, why do I need to know what, what your political bend is? It, it, it's not why I am watching the movie, buying the music, or, or whatever.
0: Well, it's because of the platform that's made. I think what we can look at is probably not every, but many professional musicians. Mm -hmm. If you have a stadium of 40,000 people, well, it's a captive audience of people that not only paid for your money, but like your music. Yeah. So what's to say they're not also leaning in the same political direction you are? Now, I got to tell you- I've been at both both ways where mm-hmm. somebody thought it was conservative or somebody thought it was left leaning right, and that's not the greatest place to be that's why i don't I've never understood why they bother to do that I don't know
1: I heard Barbara but, Streisand doing it a bunch of years back, and she was on stage and yeah. she was saying something about uh how many Democrats are here tonight, and she was just reached by booze and it was just <laughs> Republicans and, right. so, well it shouldn't be a political show so right. yeah okay Barbara a little well, bit too late on that yeah, one and
0: but. I think the other thing about that too is that if you know I, depending on the ticket, I mean, you can spend a lot, a lot of money to go and see, especially performing musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the Billy Joel show. It's about a year ago now. I think it was that
1: would have been March.
0: A show. Oh, it was a great show. Was that
1: the one where he was also with Elton John at the same time? No. Oh, okay.
0: No, that was that's probably almost a decade ago now.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Bottom line there is that he didn't he chose to not jump into anything that was uber left or right leaning. What he mm-hmm. did do, however, though, for those of you that didn't know, Billy Joel was banned from being able to sing the song that features Catholic girls in St. Louis. And so when he was here, wow. he he was. Looking at every single single camera as he was uh-huh. talking about, hmm, I'm not sure entirely sure what song I'm gonna sing next. Hmm, what do you guys think I'm gonna sing next here in St. Louis? <laughs> hmm, <laughs> <laughs> and that's I want. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I, when you can, can when you that. can yeah. stick your thumb in the eye of the man that right. banned you for singing music. Right. Yeah. Let Let's do some of that. But when you want to get on there and you want to you want to rally an opinion mm-hmm. that very often is not something shared by the vast majority of the audience, right? Or you start getting boos, or you know, none of those people have sacrificed whatever they had to to get the ticket to come and listen to your political assuasion. Exactly, they've come to listen to you sing.
1: Right, exactly. Uh,
0: Laura Ingram, who. I can take her leave. I like a lot of what she's doing inside of her new television program. She, She wrote a book called Shut Up and Sing many moons ago. And i got to tell you, regardless of your lean, you need to read that book.
1: I actually had that book. I went and saw her speak in St. Louis, and I got it signed, and I've lost the book since, mm. unfortunately. Well, that's
0: a, that's an extraordinary book. Yeah. And, again, what she talks about inside <coughs> that book, just the, the quick read, is it's about commitment. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have a problem with the people that want to commit to insert what she doesn't believe. Right. That's fine. Right. Just don't do it when there's a bunch of people there that want to hear you sing. Just right. shut up and sing.
1: Yeah, just... Uh, and, and, yeah. and, that, and that's not rude. It's a reasonable request. It's totally reasonable. It maybe put bluntly, but, I mean, at this point, maybe you need to understand people are buying a product, right. your product, and they're not here for your particular beliefs. Right, right. Anyway,
0: so to jump back, Mark of review will have it up at the show notes.
1: My next pick, uh, staying on music, is have you ever heard of a group? Uh, I'm not exactly sure where they're from. I, I believe they're either European or they might be from South Africa, a group called Die Antword keep going it's it's singing the bell. Very, it's a very strange two group uh, it's 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 a female singer and a male I guess he's a bass player and they're they're very raucous and and raw but they make a they make a type of music that it, it'll grab you and you're not really sure if you'll for me I'm not really sure if I like it or I hate it but it just keeps dragging me back. Mm-hmm. Well this was a, this was a gentleman by the name of Leo Moraccioli. Uh, who did his take on uh, I Find You Freaky. It's a metal cover. He plays metal. Okay, And it was excellent. I was just listening to it again today, and I this is a guy I would love to go see in concert. He, he does really great takes on other bands as well. Hmm. But uh, if you get a minute, go over and check it out. It's five minutes, 41 seconds long. While you're at it, look at the other Die Ant Word videos. The videos themselves are just, they're, they're strange art, but they're, they'll are they grab your attention. They're a good waste of time.
0: Hmm. <laughs> and you, might. So we're gonna have a running theme through the show here, and it's the word charge. The first use of the word charge inside of this episode for me in regard to my YouTubery
1: uh-huh. is
0: something called the Evolution Charger. Do you have any idea what this is, Wade?
1: Charger as a car? Yes. Awesome. You've got my attention.
0: Okay. For those that don't know what the evolution charger is That part I don't know. Okay. The Evolution Charger is a vehicle that appeared on a very recent episode of Jay Leno's Garage. Okay. And you think to yourself, ah, okay, Charger. So probably a classic Charger. Yep, absolutely. Dedicated to what looks like a 1970 Charger, which for those that are curious or already know, oh, gorgeous, badass. Oh, badass. If there was a picture of a car that's being painted and you needed to look at it and say the word badass, a 1970 Charger would just about put it there.
1: Yeah, the Char- Charger was what uh, Vin Diesel rove R- 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 in. Um, um, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Right, through. yeah.
0: It's also the vehicle that was featured inside of almost every single Dukes of Hazzard feature film yes. and the television yes, series.
1: Yes, that is right.
0: So now that everybody's familiar with what we're talking about, we can now start talking about the evolution.
1: Yes, because I am intrigued.
0: Charger. Okay. The Evolution Charger is the Evolution quite literally of the Charger. And what happens in the construction of this Charger, the entire body rather than being made from, you know, super thick steel like they were back in the 70s, mm-hmm. is completely manufactured out of carbon fiber. Yeah. Wow. Completely manufactured out of carbon fiber. Oh, this thing's light. It's not only is it amazingly light, it's it, the the concept that they took was If in the original construction of the original chargers, you had a whole bunch of welding, TIG welding, forming of giant sheet metal, blah. Yeah. If you took all of that and you only used modern techniques Mm -hmm. like 3D printing, Mm. like making stuff out of carbon fiber, like all of these different new age making abilities, and you made this vehicle, that's the Evolution Charger. Wow.
1: Now, Uh, what's the power plant?
0: it's it, it's uh it's the special you gotta be kidding me power plant
1: it's it's just it's it's insane well i mean is it a regular internal combustion or is it something oh yeah
0: well? no it's an internal combustion engine but it's i think it had like dual superchargers it's it's oh, okay. it's something crazy like 800 horsepower it, it's something that no human <laughs> being that
1: light oh yeah wow. it's
0: something that no human being should have a foot on the gas pedal for and it's amazing it's it's amazing. You you the format of the episode is even different, where they show them driving it first rather than running it through inside of Jay's garage. Okay, give you the detail and the panoramas. They flip it, okay, so you actually get to experience it driving and the the. The whine and 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 hum of the engine, and then the superchargers when they step on it, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's it, it absolutely tra- transcends the charger into something different, thereby making the perfect name, the Evolution Charger. It's I amazing. Can't wait to go see this? Yeah, it's great. Again, it'll be over in the show notes over at WaitSense.com.
1: My next pick is uh, once again this musical theme that we're on. Were you a fan of Smashing Pumpkins? <sighs> yes. You know, that's, that is the most reluctant yes I think I've ever heard. I like listening to their music. Uh-huh.
0: I, even, I even like listening to it more now after having heard Billy What's-His-Face a couple of times on Joe Rogan. Oh, okay. Because he, he's way maligned from his look yeah. and what people think he is. Yeah. He's way more intelligent than people very, will ever give him credit for.
1: Very. That's. And that's... so that
0: is my reluctant yes where I listen to a lot of the music and um. it's it's not my speed. It, I there's some of the stuff that I like. Do you just lean but, harder? Yeah. Okay. I I don't know. I've got a very diverse sense of music. I wouldn't say that it's all hard, but there's just just there's a lot of that
1: 90s kind of crush stuff yeah. that I, I
0: just I'm I'm not Yeah. I I'm not a I'm not a giant fan of uh, now, when I go back and they start talking about the music and the making of it and why they why the songs this and the lyrics that—that's
1: interesting. I always find that
0: that I, it really doesn't matter what genre it is. I always get off on that.
1: Yeah, but the uh, yes is my answer. Right. Okay. This was, and speaking to Joe Rogan, uh, that's what he I was uh, there was a little segment. It's uh, 16 minutes and 53 seconds long. Of Billy Corrigan talking about the realities of being a rock star. Now, that sounds just pretentious <laughs> as hell. hell. <laughs> right, right. But, I mean, he just, he covers it frankly and honestly, and it, it's, it's, it's it's bizarre trying to imagine this. Like, he talks about at uh, the height of, of him starting to get a lot of money, at one point walking into an L.A. dealership mm. with the money on him to buy a Ferrari. He that just, sounds familiar. In cash.
0: Yeah, that yeah. sounds familiar. You probably
1: yeah. saw the same interview that I did. Yeah, yeah. And he's also talking about how he was he was really really good friends with Dennis Rodman. He, mm. he hung out with him. He hung out with the with the, uh, the team. And he was talking about how at one point he was at uh, uh, he hadn't talked to Dennis in a while. But he was at a uh, a restaurant, and they found out that um, Dennis Rodman was upstairs. He had he had a room. Mm. Went up and talked to him. Mm-hmm. They're 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 visiting. They're happy as hell to see each other. And then a little while later, he said Dennis Rodman just disappeared. And Dennis was like that. He's just kind of flaky sometimes, real sweet guy, but he just like go off and disappear. Mm. Doesn't think anything of it. Next day, Billy Corgan's watching TV and Mm -hmm. finds out that Dennis Rodman had gone to North Korea. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that was that visit. (laughs) And he said, he said, he said, Dennis, he said, he's a really, really sweet guy. Really, his heart is in the night place. But he's just naive like that. He honestly thought that he could do some good going over there and talking to this murderous dictator. Mm -hmm. But he's talking about all of these instances into being a rock star and the bad advice that he got. And like you said, his his intelligence comes across very, very quickly. Yeah, it does. It's time I do not regret watching the interview.
0: Yeah, it does. And I I think if I had to give – kind of jerking the wheel a little bit, but the – If I had to give Joe Rogan absolute credit, it's where he has allowed me to stomach and or listen to people I thought I would never listen to. Yeah, that's true. It really is. There's a number of personalities, which we aren't going to go into inside this podcast. Right. There's a number of personalities and in particular people I really don't even like just from other things that they do Mm -hmm. that I have bothered to listen to because they were on his podcast right? and because I know what kind of chemistry set Joe Rogan makes and- Uh, It's very powerful. And I don't, it sounds like it's the same episode. But I'm I'm quite sure it was. We'll we'll definitely link over to that. And I would, I also would tell everyone to watch that because I thought it was very, very good. Okay. Mike? We just got done talking about the Evolution Charger. It's time to talk about another Charger. Okay. The next Charger I'm going to talk about is a white Charger. When I say white and Charger, what you might be thinking of is a police car. Because many police departments have adopted over the years the Dodge line of vehicles, including now the Durango. That is true. Durango is now being used in mostly high-profile cities as police vehicles now. But that's not the point. The point is that we're talking about a white Charger. Mm -hmm. And the reason we're talking about a white Charger is because I'm looking at acquiring one. My car was recently wrecked and totaled. Everybody's fine. I'm fine, in particular, with my back uh, pain medication. Mm -hmm. Everything is fine, man. (laughs) I'm looking at getting a white charger. Okay. And the reason that I mentioned this inside of the YouTube cone is because I'm working with an organization called iAutoAgent.com. Okay. And the way these people work, it's very cool. For those of you that have suffered the pain of having to go and talk to car dealers just to either get the keys or hopefully pass inspection and get the keys or mm-hmm. all of the rigmarole both before during and after purchasing a car goes completely out the window with iautoagent.com you sign up for service with them you v- you pick vehicles that interest you based on you surfing and finding them on the web right. or you can ask them to help you find them too okay uh, i found 3 vehicles i sent them over to iautoagent.com they vetted all 3 They connect with the dealerships. I walk into the dealership and go, hello, my name is Mike Wilkerson. I work with iAutoAgent.com, and I want to drive that car right there. They go and grab the keys, and I go drive. Oh, that's fantastic. And then I bring the car back, and I give them the keys, and I do whatever I want, whether it's continue or not continue. So gone is the whole smarmy having to figure out how to deal and talk to a sales guy mm-hmm. that I really don't like. Because right. what I want to do is I want to find a car that I like. I want to sit and test drive a car. I want to leave. I want to figure out how the, all the payments are going to work. And I want to push the go button and we do it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what iAutoAgent.com is going to do for me Great. as we progress into getting into a new vehicle. And I'm mentioning this because I think the video is probably what sold me on the car at all. And it's a that's a powerful thing, video, mm-hmm. because in just Certainly. about any any uh, auto dealership, you can go and they've got a website and there's fifteen pictures of a car and right, blah, right. and you're like, okay, well those are great pictures. I guess I gotta go drive the thing now. Right. Well, it's something completely different when that entire wraparound and view and zoom in, and they're actually showing you if there are paint scuffs or chips or whatever. Wow! They're starting up the car. They're showing you the dashboard as it's lit. They'll show you the turn signal functionality. Yeah, they do this for every single car. For every single car that's wow. inside of their own cone. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that they're selling, they absolutely do that. And it's what it's frankly what sold the car, but also what made me drive almost almost an hour to go and test drive that car. And I did, and it's the one that's on the top of the heap. The other, the other two, one I've tossed off the list, right. that was also another newer Charger. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at this one and then another vehicle. And okay. uh, I, I just will point not only over to the Charger video that I looked at and that I'm totally <laughs> drilling on right now as we speak, <laughs> but also over to iAutoAgent.com. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what city you're in. Connect with them and tell them that Mike Wilkerson sent you.
1: God, yeah. I, if I had the money, that's exactly where i am be going, because I'm definitely going to be in the, in the market for a car here soon, hopefully. Sweet. Yeah, and I will definitely look them up and see what they can do for me. Yeah. My last pick, you know that I have a, a, a penchant, a real fondness. I think we both do for comedians and smart ones at that, and there are very few that are as funny and are as smart as Adam Carolla. Did you happen to see when he testified before Congress, and this was a— on this particular segment, it was on the phenomena of uh, safe spaces on campus.
0: I don't like Adam Corolla.
1: Oh, you don't like him? No. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm curious at this point. Hang on a sec. Why, why is it that you don't like his comedy? You don't like what he does in podcasting? Is there anything in particular? I, I don't know that I can actually put my finger
0: on it. I'm usually pretty good at coming up with reasons why people don't you, he just s- rubs scratch me. Way. He does. Oh, okay. Well, that's
1: important. I have
0: a feeling that if someone were to mention my name and they go, you know, that Wilkerson guy. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't quite articulate it, but he rubs me the wrong way. It's like, I yeah, think it's, I work it's probably, with him. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's probably some of that. I, I like the pioneering that he does. Uh-huh. I liked very much. I don't. It wasn't called Contract Man, but it was something like it was something like that, where he would go and find people that have found the people that need work done that probably couldn't afford the work to be done, mm-hmm. and they've either taken a deposit or all the money, and then they just disappear.
1: Ah,
0: I forgot what the name of that show is. And he now, would track them down. Yeah, that he'd, would be. He'd, he'd go be and good find TV. them. That would. And be then he would go, TV. hey, I'm Adam Carolla, and I'm just wondering, uh, you know, when you went and did work for so and so. Whoa! What happened with all that guy? A- and and then hilarity ensues oh, because, okay. of course, you see the you know if, if it's a guy, his testicles roll up into his into his stomach cavity and you just yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. It's great. Oh, I, okay. I love 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 that. Okay. His podcast stuff. It feels like radio ported over into podcasting, and just about anything that happens like that is is always going to send off the alert bells for me because. For those that don't know, including this show, we uh, are not Radio 2.0. That's not what podcasting is, nor will it ever be anything that I participate in. No. It is something solely different. We just happen to be both talking into microphones. Other than that, it's a completely different reach.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's fair uh, enough. Sorry, no, to, sorry to hijack no, no, all no, no, of your no, no. stuff. No, there. no, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm curious, though, if you would like reading him. Have you ever read his book? Uh, in 50 Years, We'll All I'm Be I'm not chicks? a big reader. Oh. I,
0: you know, I read a book today, just mm-hmm. today, and okay. I, I read a book. It's by an author named Kathleen Watson, and the book is called Grammar for People Who Hate Rules, <laughs> Killer Tips from the Ruthless Editor. Again, it's Kathleen Watson, and it is phenomenal.
1: That sounds good. I would like to it, read that. It is. It is
0: phenomenal. No, the, hold r- wait,
1: now, is this an e-book or an actual book? You can get it
0: either way. Okay. I, now, I bought an okay. e because I wanted to read it right now. I didn't want to wait.
1: Gotcha. And
0: it was mostly, for those of you that want to make books out of your out of your, hardcore, your hardcover books, mm-hmm. you should because you've yeah. got my money today right now if right. I want is it. very
1: true.
0: It also is just an easy read. I can read it on my phone. I can read it on this computer screen. I can read on a tablet. True, true. I can read it anywhere I want as long as I can get to my Amazon account. Right. Anyway, the reason I pulled it open was because I'm in favor of, when you need to, hyphenating A word that has an an adjective in front of it. Okay. So the most recent episode, the words most recent should be hyphenated because most recent. The word most is giving an adjective variant to the word recent. I would have never, ever thought of doing that.
1: And As much as you chastise me for me using commas too much. Right. (laughs) Well, no, inappropriately. (laughs) Ah.
0: I don't don't mind too many commas. It's just you need to put a space after the comma.
1: I did go back and reread it. You were right.
0: Okay. Anyway, and I don't want everyone to think that I'm a total grammar Nazi, which by the way, a grammar Nazi is another follow on um, Twitter that everybody should should take advantage of. Okay. It's phenomenal. That that is that's is phenomenal reading just a, if you want to fall down a rabbit hole of grammar. Holy cow, the grammar Nazi. Okay. So anyway, reading books, uh, uh, it's really based on the content. If it's long droning paragraphs of incessant stuff that I really have no interest in, right. probably going to lose me.
1: See, I don't think that you would get that because the way that he writes uh, in "50 Years We'll All Be Chicks," it's just it's his thoughts on our society and, and like things where we're going in the future. It's very funny. It's dry. It's mm. but then again, you know, if you don't appreciate his humor, maybe, maybe you wouldn't like because because yeah. like I read the book. Like we had that one conversation about how when I re- when you read a book and you know the person's voice. That's the voice that you hear in your head, yeah. at least I do. Yeah. yeah, so I'm reading the book and I'm hearing his voice in my head. Yeah. It makes it more enjoyable for me.
0: Interesting, interesting. I'll, I'll look it up. I okay. promise I'll look it up.
1: Okay, all right. But as to continue, he was talking about how um, basically his synopsis, and, and I, I came to the same, we came to the same thing when we were talking about the whole social justice warrior movement was that adults need to begin being adults. Just face that these are children and that they shouldn't be running things. It's a great four minutes and 28 seconds. Go over and check it out. That's my last pick, Mike. Mm. We have talked a lot about Hot Wings via
0: Hot Ones Mm -hmm. on YouTube at least four or five times in the past history of the show. Okay. But there was a big show on recently for Hot Ones. Okay. It was Shaq. Shaq was on Hot Ones. Okay. And... As I have come to know Shaq from just my glances inside of television and YouTubery and whatever else, uh-huh. I have come to really admire Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. And that I thought he, you know, you look at him and, hey, look, it's Giant Rich Basketball Player. Yay. Right. Yeah. There's a lot more to this man than I think any of us really do realize. And it's not just because he's rich.
1: No, I know a bit about his his beginnings.
0: And uh, some of this delves into ha ha dick comedy. But the mm-hmm. the vast majority of it is not that. Okay. And it's it's a it's a fun visit with Sean Evans, the host of Hot Ones, and j- just some really fun tidbits and minutes of Shaquille O'Neal that I know you would probably never ever see anywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's it's really well done, and we'll be sure to link it up over at over at WadeSense Okay,
1: that sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, folks, that was it for YouTubery. I hope you had as much fun listening as uh, we did uh, putting it down. Stick around; we will be right back with dummy codes. More on Weight Sense.
0: Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is: Why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with the Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful. Providing you with true return on investment. Real impact thanks to Perpetual Advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors.
1: Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? don't know where to start check out the voice farm your one-stop shop for voiceover needs check it out now by accessing the voice farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box from the voice box voicefarmers.com that's voicefarmers.com And we are back. Dummy Codes is something absolutely unique to uh, our program, I believe, the industry, period. I had an idea when I came up with it, and I still kind of maintain it, but Mike just uses it as an all-out assault on general stupidity. (laughs) My whole idea with Dummy Codes was Dummy Codes were meant to be laws that were protecting us, from the stupidity that was being inflicted by others, either as an organization or as individuals. But before I even begin with dummy codes, uh, I have a special mention of a special hero uh, somebody who was fighting the uh, absurd fight of the whole transgender issue. Mike, you ever heard of a guy by the name of Zuby? Zuby, is that one of the Teletubbies? I don't know what that is. <laughs> what is that? What is that, Wayne? Z- well, Zuby is the name of a rapper in Britain. Spell it. Um, Z-U-B-Y. Zuby. Got it. Okay. And I love what he did. And apparently, uh, as I was watching the... Uh, he did a, an interview with uh, Ben Shapiro, and he was talking about... He actually predicted this like three years ago. He saw that this was going to happen, along with Joe Rogan, uh, the whole issue of uh, transgenders uh, competing as in women in sports and where that was going to go. Well, this guy... And, and, and I love this. I, I love the chutzpah. I love the balls of this. He went... And he briefly identified as a woman, went in, beat the uh, woman's dead British women's deadlifting record, and then White went right back to being a man. Because what he was trying to do was point out how it's positively ludicrous how science is trying to point out today that there or, or popular science that there's no difference between men and women. Duh. Uh-huh. And he just briefly identified as a woman. What are they going to say? It's going against their own, uh, you know, ideology, dogma at this point. Went in, beat the uh, deadlifting record for for British women, and also apparently for bench press as well. And then went right back to identifying as a man. And and I just I I love how. He just proved the idiocy, the ignorance, of, the ridiculousness of, of this position.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll jump onto that dummy code a little bit, too. And the only thing more ridiculous is that there's a story that I, I can't remember the particulars of because it, it struck me as so dummy code-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's essentially where there was a boy that is now a girl that has, for the second year in a row, won the girls' state wrestling championship in whatever state it was. Okay. And I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. What what were we expecting there exactly? And it doesn't mean that I think I think boys are better than girls in wrestling. It means that very often, because of bone density and muscle structure, right, males are going to have most opportunity over almost every single female wrestler their same weight class size. Right. So what the hell are we talking about here? And I, uh, remind that kind of springs to another wrestling thing. I, I think this one was in Colorado State. And the one in Colorado State was completely different, but it's, it, it's again, along the same lines. Not every single co- uh, school-based wrestling system has a girls' program. Mm-hmm. And so what will happen is they'll throw girls in okay, so that they've got some place to wrestle. Right. right. A boy chooses to disqualify himself, thereby losing the state championship, because he doesn't want to fight a girl or he doesn't want to wrestle with a girl. Okay. No, dude. No, dude. I get your principles. Right. I get that it's going to make for a wonderful five minute interview
1: yeah. with
0: any one of a number of different statewide and or nationwide right. uh, reporters at some point. I get it. I totally get it. Right. It's time to wrestle. It's yeah. time to do what you do as an athlete. Right. And if it goes against what
1: you are doing in regard to your principles, I, dude, I get it. Right. But are you a wrestler or are you not a wrestler? Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I mean, at the first point, I'm with the young man. I'm I'm balking at that. I, I, I can't see myself. Like I have said, my only caveat when it comes to fighting women is if they know how to hurt you and they're trying and, to. And they do. Yeah.
0: Well, it's something that I want to make sure people understand completely, especially if any of you are ultimate fighting championship fans, mm-hmm. you have to understand that any one of the women that are fighting at a professional level. Oh, yeah. They will knock your ass out. Right. They would be standing in front of you, and then you don't know what happened. Right. And so to to, to think that they are lesser somehow or
1: that's the height of ignorance.
0: It, it really is and arrogance. And and, and that's uh, again, I'm not calling the girl that was wrestling. In fact, I don't know anything about the girl, so right. I, I have to I have to totally I plead ignorance, frankly. Uh huh.
1: But now you did wrestle in school. I didn't did. You? Yeah. So you know yeah, something but, but about not what on you're the, talking about. Yeah,
0: but not on the not on a Colorado State level.
1: Right. The, what grade the, the, did you stop at? How, how far did you go? Uh, through
0: through graduate, 12th grade. Okay, so all right, okay. Th- the value of wrestling at 12th grade level is that you really do find out what you are made of and mm-hmm. what other people around you are made of. Mm-hmm. But then what you can also do is glimpse into your future and go, what am I going to do with the skill set? Yeah. <laughs> and it, I mean, it, it helped me write about wrestling for a long time and of okay. fight magazines. Yeah. But beyond that, not really, maybe some determination, right. maybe some understanding more about my physical abilities and many limits.
1: Uh, no, you're but right. it really is kind of a dead end you don't really see I mean, because well, there's such a difference between professional quote unquote professional wrestling as opposed to Olympic wrestling. right. Are Olympic wrestlers making money, and if so, it's a very small class.
0: Well, and right now there are different options for uh, for Olympic wrestlers to exit and then to make money, which is happening right Good. now. Glad to hear it. Uh, the, the current heavyweight champion of the UFC, Daniel Cormier, mm. he is a former Olympic wrestler, right. Uh, now he has taken a long time to get to where he is making whatever money he is making right but in addition to making money as a fighter he's also making money as a variety of other things like a, a sports commentator he's probably coaching he probably has a gym so it's a it's an assortment of skill sets that are wrapped mm-hmm. rather than one I, in fact I, I even know um, uh, Doug it was a, a co-wrestler of mine in high school right Doug and Doug's son right now Doug is the coach uh, the wrestling coach of a high school team okay. and Doug's son is, just like Doug was, Uber kick ass wrestler. Right. No doubt. Yeah. No outright. Yeah. But other than being a wrestling coach, which is not what Doug gets paid for, mm-hmm. what did wrestling do for Doug? He's given the skill set that he gets to pass on to his his it's just son. The principles,
1: for the most part, that you pick up, right? And, and the and, physicality. I mean, you right. get that. That's good. And,
0: and, and obviously, we don't know that his. I think he's a sophomore or maybe a junior in high school. We don't know what his kid's going to be doing when he grows up. Right. But again, it's where what what are the possible outs? There was no such thing as transitioning from high school anything into professional fighting. Right. Back in the day. So there are people that are dedicated and have the skill sets and the zeal mm-hmm. to jump in at the level of, say, a UFC or a Bellator or any one of the other organizations. Yeah. They're all there. Right. And there are options. But again, it's slim. It's slimmer than anything that happens inside of professional sports. Mm-hmm. So is it an option? The answer is yes. Yeah. Is it an option that most can consider? Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's a great one. That's a great one, Wade. Okay. My first dummy code this evening comes from a story that I wish my dad was still around to see. Hmm. The story I'm referring to is the rich paying for scholastic entrance.
1: I knew one of us was going to do this.
0: My dad made sure that he made no bones, that he was not going to pay one dime for my college at all. He He was clear. Good.
1: That's since favorite, did you too? Yeah,
0: since probably end of junior year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it wasn't you've been bad. I'm not paying for shit for you. It right. wasn't anything like that. What he wanted to make sure though was that if I had any interest in college, that one it would have to be paid for by you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And two, you have to choose. You have to choose the route you're going to go inside of college because I'm not going to do it for you. Right. I will give you every single piece of knowledge I can. Mm-hmm. I will, I will, I will help get you to where you need to go to do all of the stuff. Right. I will proofread the letters you want to write. I will blah 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 right. blah. Right. And so, not only was my dad supportive before going to college, mm-hmm. not only was he supportive while going to college, mm-hmm. he was supportive of me in general. Forever. And it's because he didn't pave the way with money for anything for me, ever. No. He never he never gave me anything like that. And while I really did resent it when I was in my 20s, yeah. now as a 49-year-old man yeah. in two weeks, hmm. I am so appreciative of it. Because th- there's only been a couple of times. The first time I remember is right after I was, air quotes, moved out of my parents' house. Yeah. I remember one time calling and going, Dad, I need my rent. Right. I don't have any rent. Uh-huh. And he goes, well, you were able to live three days in your car with no problem, right? <laughs> and guess what? I got incentivized and I found the money to have rent.
1: Man, your old man was the epitome of tough love, but good for you. And for you. I'm so
0: appreciative of it. Yeah. Okay, so I've given you the loving, caring story about Mike and Mike's dad. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm so appreciative of Fred Wilkerson. Yeah. Bless you, Fred. You, you are such a pop. All right, so on to the story. The rich paying for Scholastic Entrance. Mm-hmm. In recent headlines, essentially what we have is we have a series of parents that could pay money— so that their kids could go to upper echelon schools. In most cases, I think right now it's only been designated that it's all the, that it's many of the Ivy League schools. Yeah. I think what we're going to find out over the course of the next probably four or five years, we're all going to be very horrified of what's exactly going on in regard to people that have means or get means somehow, Mm -hmm. and pay it to the quote, right people, air quotes again, Mm -hmm. so that their kids can go to insert name of school. And- Again, for those of you that have not been in, in the stream, essentially what would happen was the parents would pay whomever the person is. In this case, it was a coach. Right. They would pay the coach. The coach then pays a test taker to take the scholastic test to get into said college. And where it really got strange was like, okay, so they'd have a meeting and the meeting would essentially be, okay, so what score would you like your student to get? Jeez, and they'd go, well, Christ. you know, we don't want our kid to look too smart. Yeah. So I don't know. How about whatever the numbers are? Yeah. And so that's what would happen. A a test taker would get $10,000 of whatever the money was negotiated for. They would go take the test and that student then gets into said college, continues on their scholastical merry way because they're now inside of the college and then whatever else happens. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how far back it goes, but we're looking at probably a decade.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: A decade. Folks. I don't think all of you understand what that actually means across. That's yeah, a lot to unravel. It,
1: it, that is a it, it, lot to unravel. It's
0: unbelievably strange. It's anything you've ever read about mob stories, mm-hmm. with the exception of people being gunned down in broad daylight. Yeah. All of that is going to come spilling out like guts out of a out of a rotting corpse. It's Jeez. going to be very ugly. It's going to be incredibly impactful. Because even somebody, let's say, let's say a decade ago. And then four years go by. So let's say you're eight, maybe, let's say ten years you're out now. Mm-hmm. So you've had your degree. You've been out ten years. You've probably secured at least your first position. Right. You've probably started building your family. And, right. hey, what's up? How's it going? Hey, have you got a couple of minutes to talk about your college entrance? Mm-hmm. Because nothing good is going to happen. No. If, if you think what's going on right now, where there's some students in particular um, – uh, daughter students of yeah. the woman ringleader. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they just quote left USC because of bullying. <sighs> or I'm sorry, potential bullying. Right. Oh, I see. So what you're saying is you're not innocent. That means you committed a crime. Right. Along with your mother who should go to jail forever. Right. right? Exactly. That's a, that's what it, I, 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 where my dummy code is coming in on all this is not just the program in general, the rich paying for participation. That's not, that's not the, the, the dummy code. Right. Like that's nothing new. Right. What is my dummy code for this one is the students because everyone wants to call them the kids. Everyone, you know, oh, they're just the kids. They didn't know. Really? Really? There's you didn't. no way they did you, not know. There's no you, way
1: they did not know. You thought
0: know. you could just get into Stanford. You thought you could just get into USC. You thought that just Yale could happen. You on a fluke, walking into a test, taking the test, not feeling too good about it. But you know what? I have a tiger, woman. I have a freaking tiger. You yeah, did it. Yeah. And then continuing on your scholastic merry way. Well, you know what? If you didn't do it, no problem. Tell you what, we're not even going to make you take the whole test. We just want you to take this 50-question test. What do you think? Oh, no, we're going to leave because of potential bullying. Oh, I see. What are we supposed to take from that? Yeah. So it's not even the dummy code for the kids. It's the dummy codes for all of the people that think that the kids are innocent. Right. Because they're not. <laughs> Duh- <laughs>
1: No, they're not innocent. The
0: sample that I've been hearing floating around is, if your parent gave you a stolen car and you take it and drive it, mm-hmm. who's responsible?
1: Well, you both are, obviously.
0: Absolutely.
1: There's, there's no way that there's an innocent party in that. Right. And, so, you and you know, that, that's point, what I'm talking
0: about, is that the, the dummy code needs to go to the people that will paint the kids as innocents. Because, at guys, I hate to tell you this, at 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, guess what? It's time to step up and be an adult. Exactly. Because if you're not, you got no business to be in something like Stanford
1: or Yale or USC. But, you know, part of the problem, that dates back to the Obama administration saying that kids can, adults can be on their children, or on their parents' insurance up to the age of 26. Do you remember how flabbergasted you, you felt when, when that ruling came down? How ludicrous that was!
0: No, you want to know something funnier? I didn't. I never knew when it came because you know what I thought. Hmm. The instant I was the instant I was asked to grab some plastic bags, put my shit in plastic bags, and Me too. leave. Me too. I thought I was doomed medically because I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have any insurance. What am I going to do? Oh, now little did I know that I could go to the hospital and my dad's stuff was covered. I knew none of that. Right. None of it. Right. Dentistry. All of it was covered, but I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And so that fear that fear will build you to be something that you are not yet. Right. And we've got to start experiencing that earlier rather than later in life Yes, because we are developing at least two or three generations of people that will, they don't have an
1: or, man they're just barely floating in
0: society much less being able to take a direction
1: those are the people that implode and explode at the drop of a hat theyre they're, they're just bombs waiting to happen yeah. everywhere yeah
0: anyway that that's my first dummy code and it's a it's a it's a passionate one for me because uh, again I, I can remember my dad goes you know you have so much Mike of your own <laughs> 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 he made no bones about it yeah no. and and I'm, I'm I know that I'm way more appreciative of that than he Peels no, because, off a couple hundred dollar bills and goes, here you go.
1: Because you have absolutely zero doubt in your head right now as you sit that you are self made. That's the that's a great thing. That is that, that 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 means that you look in that mirror every day and go I am where yeah. I am at because of the decisions that I made and no one else. Right.
0: Well, and more importantly, the people that are with me on my journey, mm-hmm. they too are going to get some of the same principles that I got. Yeah. And that's that—that's what I mean. We, we've talked about it in a variety of other programs that are Two Guys Talking based. Right. But what we're making here is a legacy. We are creating the stories that people will be able to listen to long after we are gone. Yes. Yes. And of the things that I know I want left, if I drop tomorrow, mm-hmm. I want people to know that what i thought why i thought it and how they too can take my sample and get something from it yeah that's why i podcast there's no question
1: yeah, i completely get it what's your second one wade uh <laughs> this is just I, I shook my head and i shook my head and i reread it and i shook my head i couldn't i, I couldn't fathom this It's something called a modern phenomena of auto eroticism mike do you want to take a stab at what it is <laughs>
0: We can go into a, uh, into a preamble <laughs> conversation, but I think I'll spare the audience.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, Autoeroticism, simply put, is the joy of dating and being in love with yourself, of, of being giddy at the thought hmm. of spending time alone with yourself. Wow. And, and And my dummy code obviously is directed yep. at the people around these people that don't immediately chastise them and make fun of them to no end. It's like you honestly think you're in a relate. You know what you are? You're just living by yourself, is what you are. (laughs) Right, right. You know, but here's the thing though. I started thinking about this and I thought, okay, here we are, the 21st century. Sex dolls are reality becoming more and more the whole, you know, artificial intelligence. And I, I picture myself, okay, picture this trend and God, please don't let it be a growing trend of the auto erotic now getting dolls with their face and body structure Wow! at some point some twisted far point and i hope to god i'm dead by then people marrying their robot dolls of themselves and what type of twisted yeah i know i followed that down a rabbit hole and i just said i just hope god i'm dead by then wow so, yeah, that's the autoerotic. Those are people dating themselves and thrilled about the whole prospect. Now, if, if you ever want... Now, that sounds narcissistic, and it obviously is narcissistic. Do you know where the term narcissistic comes from? Mirror something, isn't it? Yeah. Narcissus was a, uh, a Greek god who fell in love with his reflection. Mm. And that is quite mm. literally the 21st century version of it. Yeah. Mike, please. <laughs>
0: you <doing my> <laughs> Onward, onward and upward, right? God, yes. Okay. I am not terribly familiar with Odell Beckham. He's a professional football player. Oh. And he's been playing in the NFL for a number of seasons now. Again, I don't know anything of his stats. I know what he looks like. He's a, a young black man. Mm-hmm. He has semi-blonde curly locks of hair on the Who's top of for? his head. I don't remember, but he's now been traded over to the Browns, apparently. Oh, right. And it will completely transform the Browns.
1: Good.
0: Awesome. I have no problem with that. It's going to be great. You can tell from my exuberance that I really don't care. <laughs> but, but, my dummy code goes to the person that called the police because someone in Cleveland was cheering so enamoredly that, because Beckham's coming, obviously, because right. it's obviously a landmark happening inside of NFLdom, inside of the City okay. of Cleveland. Yeah. That the police were called. Right. Gotcha. <sighs> Here's your dummy life. code. Have a great one. <sighs> that
1: is ridiculous. What do you got, Wade? My dummy code. And I have a feeling I'm just going to be issuing a mound of these things to this insipid twit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, now known affectionately just as AOC, actually said this. I I have to read this, and and I I hope this follows this woman around forever, but apparently it doesn't matter to the growing army of millennials that think that she's the second coming. It's more important to be morally right than factually correct. She said this. She actually said this on camera. (laughs) Before this, I have to follow this with the sayings of a truly brilliant man. Dr. Thomas Sowell says this. It is usually futile to try to talk facts and analysis to people who are enjoying a sense of moral superiority in their ignorance. Wow. And that's where we are. I mean, the number of people that are thrusting a mic in this woman's face, though she says one ignorant thing after another. One senseless, insensitive, thoughtless thing after another. No thought involved thing after another. There are like five or six main Democratic candidates for presidency who've latched onto this Green New Deal, which is a disaster of epic proportions and so poorly thought out. Mm -hmm. Something like $93 trillion is the cost of her plan. Nothing less than the retrofitting of every single building in the country, of the getting rid of uh, planes... It just it goes on and on from there. Uh, the most famous one being um, getting rid of cow- farting cows because of the methane they're putting into the air. Mm. $600,000 per household is the breakdown of what this woman's plan would be. Mm. Let me my write the check code, real quick. That's my dummy great. code goes to her. It's gold-plated, <laughs> and I hope that it hits her in the head as I throw it at her. Yeah,
0: that's a very interesting one. Uh, to tag on top of that, inside of the book that I just read, there the difference between the word fact... And factoid, do you know what do you know what the difference is? Here's an interesting factoid. You've yeah, heard I've someone heard the say term that before. before but go ahead. Okay. Well, what you've just described is there are facts, Uh-oh. none of which ocasio Cortez knows, Uh-oh. and then there are factoids, which Cortez is incredibly familiar with. <laughs> Which are supposed things. Yeah. They have absolutely no basis of fact. <laughs> except,
1: except She heard it once. It sounded good.
0: Yeah. They have no basis in fact except that factoid has the word fact in it. That's it.
1: What, is there a definition for factoid? Oh, yeah. What is it?
0: Well, it's something that is supposedly factual.
1: Something that is supposedly factual.
0: Right. So right. not
1: based in factual. Okay. Yeah. All right. So when
0: I say something like, oh, here's a factoid for you, it means I'm going to present something, but I probably have absolutely no basis of fact for you to believe it in other words like no, my mother most people said, don't know that. i heard
1: this somewhere you're
0: right yeah read this on a terrible website right put <laughs> it in a crappy podcast that kind of thing right <laughs> all right so what i got next is i think everybody can agree that as long as you can afford it and not break the bank everyone loves to jet over to outback steakhouse mm-hmm. right yes okay
1: just ate there a little while ago
0: i know that when we go, I probably end up paying I don't know $65, 70 bucks because we don't go there often, mm-hmm. and we typically go like on my birthday or anniversary or something. Mm-hmm. It's almost always an occasion like that, and it yeah. needs to be because it is. It does it gets pricey, and you can't go there all the time. Yeah. Although their lunch menus are now coming down to something more reasonable, there was a there's an Outback Steakhouse that just just opened off a of seventy, mm-hmm. not too far from my workplace. So uh, they have a ten dollar lunch, and a ten dollar lunch anywhere is a ten dollar lunch. Yeah, so no. if you get a little bit of Outback Steakhouse for lunch for ten bucks. That's a good deal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's I don't want this to turn into a commercial for them. What <laughs> I do <laughs> want to do, yeah, what I do want to do is I want to make sure that people understand that, that recently, <laughs> right? Recently, a manager at Outback Steakhouse, uh-huh. who I don't know what they make as a manager at Outback Steakhouse, it's right. probably not tons of money, right. but recently got a seventy thousand dollar bonus. Damn! In the form of embezzlement oh
1: that's a bonus and
0: that's not the dummy code that's not the dummy code Uh pretty stupid taking seventy thousand dollars from any business i totally agree i totally agree the dummy code comes in the form of the forty thousand dollars in landscaping he spent for for his home (laughs) (laughs) forty thousand dollars in landscaping dude Oh. That's a whole bunch of damn rose bushes, right?
1: Just, that's a, just that's no a lot of involved. walking tile. There's no thought
0: involved. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Anyway, dummy code to Mr. Outback Manager. Ugh. Congratulations. Enjoy your new sandwich wherever you're going to be uh, serving.
1: Yeah, exactly. Don't bend over for the soap. You know, I... <laughs> I've always said that, because you always hear these stories about people that rob the bank and then get caught immediately thereafter because they're blowing the money on something. Mm -hmm. I've always said if I ever did have the balls to actually rob a bank, I would rob the bank, and then I would hide the money and not touch it for like five years and then just quietly move out of town. Mm. There would be no evidence, period, whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people say that, and unfortunately— I've never had the happenstance of falling into a big bunch of money ever. Mm-hmm. I've always had to make my money, and that's the right. that's the peril of not knowing. But every single person I've ever met yeah. that has somehow fallen into money, mm-hmm. there's always a wreck. It's it's always a wreck of some kind.
1: Well, that you know, and largely it's because, and I, I discovered this when I was a chauffeur. I spent hours and hours around millionaires, and I learned a lot about them. And one of the things I learned, Is the biggest? Let me ask you a question. What is in your mind the biggest difference between the rich and the rest of us, the 1% and the 99%? What's the biggest difference? Having the outright ability to have common sense. Having the outright ability to have common sense. Uh, I don't. So here's the sample. Yeah, please. We're in the back
0: of your cab slash limo, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I see on the street corner somehow I'm in the back of your limo. I don't know how that happened. Uh, anyway, I see I spy on the street corner a hot dog stand. Yeah, and I want hot dogs for everybody in the back. Right. I gotta count my money to make sure I got enough. Uh huh. That's common sense. Right. Where someone that's rich, they would go, Wade, hot dogs for everyone! Woo!"
1: No thought involved. And
0: they'd pull over. You'd pull over. Uh-huh. You'd do, yes, sir. And you'd, you'd go over to the dude and go, Hey man, I need 13 hot dogs for the losers and back. You know I mean? <laughs> no, <laughs> and, actually. And you'd get the hot dogs and you'd bring them back to the window. Vroom. Yeah. Window would come down and he would just peel off a couple hundred dollar bills and give them to you and go, Thank you, my friend. Let's rock these dogs. Yeah, exactly. Right.
1: Okay. No, actually, what the biggest difference is, is how the rich look at money is composed is, as compared to the rest of us. The rich look at money as a tool and act to grow more wealth. They're not spending money for the most part unless it is coming back to them, unless it's growing. It's an active part of their wealth. The rest of us, the 99%, tend to look at money as a asset to be spent on things, to to spend on things, to to pay bills, to maybe buy a few things. But for the most part, the same amount of money that somebody rich would have put into their factory or something like this... You just end up pissing away after a couple months, at best. Mm. So, yeah, that that. but that is the biggest difference. Because think about it. Think about it. If we actually taught people how money works at an early age, if we drilled those principles in, by the time they were getting out of high school, they would know how to invest. They would know how to build business. They would understand how their money works. I mean, that's how you stop the cycle of poverty, is with that type of... Of uh, Intel, that type of learning at an yeah. early age.
0: I'll, I'll agree with some of that. I just, I know there are a lot of people that you go and try to tell them how to spend money. Mm-hmm. And attention span goes out the window instantly. Oh, I know. I'm the same way. Nobody's going to tell me how to spend my money. Really? <laughs> I don't think so.
1: Uh, the sad part is I try and concentrate, and there's just something about the, the, the process of talking <clears> about <throat> my yeah, I'm, I'm gone in 30 seconds. I'm off someplace else. It's, 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 it's sad, but it's true. It,
0: it, when it really does need to get broken down to, into into constituent parts, but there's also got to be a feedback meter looking at people when they're being told things like that to make sure they're not drifting off. And I'm not talking about sleeping.
1: I'm talking about just at all paying attention. Right. It's like, I'm looking like I'm paying attention to you, but I'm found five different things. I I
0: have a 15-year-old. I have an autistic 15-year-old right now. And I can only just see her actually paying attention to me. And what I've now just started doing is her and I will have a conversation. Like, we were having a conversation this morning. Mm -hmm. I'm going to imagine that you are are she. I'm Jade. Okay. Okay. And what we were talking about is this. All right. So when you get home tonight from school, we're going to sit down and talk about we're going to sit down and talk about what happened we're going to sit down and talk about what happened inside of school today be- because and every time that i have paused, uh-huh. i can see her gaze going someplace else rather than at me ah. and for those that aren't familiar with autism typically eye contact is very difficult to begin with mm-hmm. so she's made great strides in the many years that we've been trying to have her interact that's great but instead of having to say jade look at me anymore right i now just stop and she now instantly trains back to my eye gaze
1: because i was doing the exact same thing with you i was i was playing like you were losing my attention and then you stopped talking It's like oh but
0: it's it's essentially the same concept and until we adopt something like that uh, and the difficulty is that if you did that you'd have to do it for every single person in the room wow rather than educating a, a one by one which is just terribly expensive exactly and that's the peril. The peril is that you can throw out as much education as you want, however mm. you want, and only a select few will just get it because they'll get it. Right. Um, the other ones either have to be shoveled
1: or some just will not take it on.
0: Right. You know?
1: Okay. My next dummy code goes to the Guardian. Are you familiar with the Guardian at all? I am not familiar with the Guardian. It is a British left-leaning paper, which is kind of redundant to say anymore. <laughs> This was the title of an article, Why It's Okay for Young Muslims to Be Radical mm-hmm. by Ali Nobil Ahmad. A dog. That's absolutely, utterly insane. That's basically saying that if that's like saying that it's okay for your dog to get rabies, that we'll work with it, we'll work around that.
0: Well, when they say radical, does that mean like it's okay to grab guns and shoot up a church?
1: I, no, I don't even think it's that. I think it's. it's well, see, just, until
0: that definition is defined, I wouldn't even read that article. If, it, if the article doesn't start off with, uh, in in many circles, it's verboten for a Muslim to be radical. Au contraire, mon frere! Let me explain. Well, they're, unless softening, that, unless the, that,
1: they're, they're softening the language from what, from what it was—the jihadis, which is holy war. Right. But basically, where this is leading to, what this is going to to, to end up uh, shoehorning itself into is the idea that if you talk to someone and their quote-unquote their faith is radical and you're trying to do something about it bring them back or whatever now you're being islamophobic mm. it's it's just it's mm. it's positively insane I mean it's It's like saying that it's okay for you to be a part of the Baptist church and go just as Westboro Baptist as you want. Just be as hateful and out there, even like pseudo-terroristic as you want. So my dummy code goes to the Guardian being this irresponsible Mm. towards the populace. Mm. Not only towards the general populace, but towards these kids thinking that it's okay that this type of thinking is acceptable. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna tack on a little bit. This isn't my next dummy code, but I'll tack on a little bit to that in regard okay. to reporting. All right, and being completely irresponsible about reporting. Okay. Recently, in a in a town not too far from us, about 15 minutes away, it's a town called St. Charles. Mm-hmm. St. Charles, St. Peters. It's right on the border there. Mm-hmm. And less than two weeks ago, there was a shooting. And the shooting was at a Target that I'm terribly familiar with. It's where my we bought my daughter's uh, glasses at. I've been there. And in fact, I was in there yesterday buying pens for the the notebook that you don't use. <laughs> and <laughs> anyway, it's it's where I go. It's it's right across from my nine to five workplace, across yeah. that highway. Yeah. And I was in there. Well, there was a shooting there not not two weeks ago. And the shooting, for those that aren't familiar, we'll link up a, a, a news item about it. It was an Amazon driver. That parked in a handicapped parking spot, got into an altercation with uh, an older gentleman who was a former citizen police officer Mm -hmm. who also happened to be carrying a weapon, Mm -hmm. a a handgun. And after a cell phone came out and there was a physical jostling and the allegedly Amazon worker is walking away from the man... Mm The man then shoots the Amazon driver in the back, thereby paralyzing him from the waist down forever. What the... F- yeah. And now that's terrible. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's no levity here. It is a, it's a terrible thing all the way around. Yes. What I have to tell you, though, is that Channel 5 chiming in with the headline, I'm not kidding, on Facebook. The headline was, shooting at St. Charles Target, developing... And nothing else. What? I call that—that's akin to walking into
1: a theater and going fire.
0: You can't do
1: that. No, no. There's got to be details. There's got to be specific Something. details. Something. And there also has to—you know—developing makes me think that it's still going on. There's right. shooting still going on. Right. And that—I can't tell you how incredibly upset I
0: was. I—I I think I—I I think I missed it probably. By five ten minutes, mm-hmm. So I think I heard the sirens going to that call as I was coming off of the highway, mm. uh, heading east uh, to get off at that at that crossroad. Mm. And so, I, I mean, it's it's not like I was there; I wasn't anywhere near it. But right. th- the point is that when I got into the office and flip open Facebook from a notification that I get, it says mm-hmm. shooting at Saint Peter's Target, developing uh, whatever the call sign of yeah. know, of, ch- of channel five here is locally, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. No, no bueno no i mean like not at all no there's nothing good developing there except that now someone's going to sit there and reclick the refresh button which was their goal anyway exactly and so i don't i don't care for that it's the same vein it's the same vein it's if it bleeds it leads i hate that
1: yeah no i absolutely agree that's definitely dummy codes for that as yeah. well
0: uh, the next dummy code i have is the idiot sandwich earmuffs are you familiar with this
1: one no <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> Anyone that knows me knows that I am a giant fan of Chef Gordon Ramsay. Ah, uh-huh, okay. And it's not because I like to scream at people, though. Bam! I've known to be able to scream at people and have fun oh, with no, it. Oh, no, that's
1: somebody different. Sorry. Uh,
0: right, that's not him.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh,
0: the uh, It's not the Bam guy. Okay, that's M- yeah. Chef Emeril yeah. or something like Chef Emerald. Yeah, right. Okay. Emeril, Emeril. Right. Okay. The guy I'm talking about is the British guy. Yes. He gets in people's faces and says things like, It's Roll what the hell's wrong with you? (laughs) Are you daft? All kinds of other cool stuff. But what he also does is he breaks things down in regard to business acumen, which is why I like him. Yeah. A lot of his other television programming is way more about why and how businesses are not only failing, but they're literally pulling a gun out of their pocket and shooting themselves in the face. Right. And he tells people why it's happening. Mm -hmm. And then they can choose whether or not to take on the advice and not fail. Yeah. Doesn't always work, but it works in a lot of cases. Anyway, Chef Ramsay has this wonderful meme that they have developed on the internet. Okay. And it's the the car karaoke guy, James, uh, reasonably chubby, younger 30s guy on late night television. Corden. James Corden. Oh, okay. So it's James Corden and I've forgotten who the gal was inside of it. But it's the two of them doing this skit. at in pops... Chef Gordon Ramsay, and he's, he's wailing on him as he does inside of the television show. But, I mean, he's, like, just being mean, like, right. just unbelievably mean. Right. And during that skit, there's a piece where he grabs two pieces of bread, and he puts this young lady's f- head in between them and says, What are you? What are you? And she goes, I'm an idiot sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and so And so what they've developed... <laughs> Is it's a set of earmuffs that are bread- that are two pieces of bread, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's the it's the idiot sandwich earmuffs. Oh my god, that's better than the arrow. Yeah, and so I I I wasn't quite entirely sure who to give the dummy code to. I think I'm going to give it to the people that will end up buying. Yes, the idiot sandwich earmuffs, though, because oh,
1: wow. That's all I can say is wow. No, no, what to get you for Christmas. Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> awesome. Just to add for the collection. What do you um, got next, Wade? My next dummy code is one where I am I, I definitely have a very serious target and a very serious dummy code to throw at these people. <laughs> I, because this is just not this is where you need to be be protected. When you have a right, when you have a second amendment right, mm-hmm. there's absolutely there's there's no question that you have that right. This goes to the Roanoke City Social Services. I was fired today. This is the, in the words of the uh, young lady that was fired. Look, she's just a little bitty blonde thing. Okay, no threat mm-hmm. whatsoever, regardless. Sure. Mm-hmm. I was fired today from Roanoke City Social Services, serving as a damn good social worker. I was fired for having a concealed carry permit. Not the gun, the permit. I was escorted by three city police officers because I am a safety risk to the building. Duh. Oh my God I, I I can't even fathom the absolute nutless, gutless, spineless, soulless idiocy that permeates that culture. Like I said, I, I, I always think that the the, the the template to a society that survives for at least for our country is one that that could win a world war again. Mm-hmm. If, if if one quarter of our country is people that are this, disconnected from reality. We're toast. So my dummy code goes to that city council, and there's got to be a way to protect yourself from people like that. I hope that this woman sues that council blind.
0: I'm strangely going to jump on the other side of that.
1: Oh, I'm about to fall off my seat. Please continue. Now, that.
0: everyone knows that not only am I, am I a CCW member, I'm actually carrying. Yeah. But the, the fact of the matter is that there's more to that story that there that one has the tendrils of I need to know more because there's not enough there. Here, here, here's the sample. If you are a workplace mm-hmm. and oh, hey, let's let's start cold. If you are a workplace and you suspect somebody of something, the encouragement from national government right now. Is if you see something, say something. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: You agreed. Right? right. Yes. Okay, and it's something I, I I absolutely agree on.
1: Okay.
0: I would rather that something get checked out, even if it's just a brush, just to go and check and see what's going on to make sure that there's no shenanigans because I'm not a fan of shenanigans. Right. 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 Okay. And shenanigans of all forms, mm-hmm. whether it's just somebody being a dick or somebody that's grabbing weaponry to come shoot up a place. Yeah. But not a fan. Okay. So if you call local, especially now, inside of the environment that has been created because of the news cycle, yeah. because of what I believe is an outright fear of especially handguns and, quote, assault rifles, <laughs> if you take that and you start using that against the system on top of an outright fear of weaponry, yeah, okay, well, it starts to start looking like something. Now we take, if there was ever a moment in that lady's history Mm -hmm. that she's either been in the building or talking to somebody Mm -hmm. or even talking within range of somebody about how she was at the range, Mm -hmm. and I insert cool-sounding whatever that's going to trip somebody's trigger, Mm -hmm. or say, oh, okay. Or maybe even, she might even say something like, you know, if I was caring, I would have, you know, in regard to any one of the shootings that we're talking about. And so- If that also is on top of what we're talking about, are you still not okay with city government saying, hey, we have concerns, would you mind removing that lady?
1: I just think that was way, way overkill. She didn't have the gun on her. She had a permit. Once they found out that she had a permit... They removed her using three officers. That's ludicrous. Uh, I,
0: I the ludicrous part is, uh, and and we can grab a couple of because there's, to come there's got to, to be a
1: difference. There's got to be a difference. This isn't like the black guy that had been that, that had been disgruntled at work, and that part threw me because he'd already been there like 10, 15 years. You know the story I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Was too and, far from us. Oh yeah, and and went to work and and I'm knew and he, I,
0: essentially knew he was going to get fired. Right. Came in with an, uh, 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 an illegally acquired handgun. Yeah. And murdered five or six, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the the gist is this, is it, it's why, for those that are curious, again, it always depends on the municipality, so there's no spreading butter to make sure everybody's covered here, just so everybody knows. Right. But if you work in a place that says, you may not bring a firearm inside this building. Yeah. You can bring a firearm inside the building, but you then are going to be, you and I talk about this in just about every single podcast, you are then responsible for any consequences thereof. Yeah. I.e., let's say you bend over wrong and the gun falls off your hip. Yeah. Or your purse is open and you're grabbing a lozenge and someone spies that they see a magazine that Mm -hmm. has loaded bullets in it inside your purse. Right. And you don't know that they saw it. Right. Or... Any one of a number other things that I'm absolutely certain have happened inside of
1: someone's day. We really need to tackle this in depth as to how to fix this type of situation. Uh,
0: well, now, see, there is no fixing. This is the whole "let's get rid of guns" thing, because which you and I are absolutely against that. Oh, absolutely. There's no. There's no question. But when you tell somebody you may not bring a gun into my premises, mm-hmm. I think that they are doing you one a disservice. And mm, the yeah. shootings recently in New Zealand are a perfect sample. Yeah. Uh, th- th- again, that's a we've kind of derailed here into something that's almost a meat topic. Yeah. But the, the, the fact is that the only thing that was going to stop this person from murdering more people is not surprisingly what stopped this person from murdering more people, which is a a guy with a gun. Right. And so for those that are wondering, how do we stop this? You, there is no way to stop the train that's already gone and you can't see it anymore. So there is nothing that you can do to society to go, wait a minute, stop pulling a gun. Or would you mind giving me your gun? Can we agree that those two things can and won't ever happen? Mm. I know that I'm never going to surrender my gun to anybody. Right. I'm not. Right. And so why would anybody think otherwise unless you have either never had one or you're just beating on a door that's never going to get opened? Mm. It's the same argument Every single time a public shooting happens, there's got to be more gun control. We got to get rid of guns, in particular the one that was used inside of this heinous event.
1: No, I think, and it doesn't an- work. I, I think actually, what the answer is, is it's not the amount of guns. It's not the amount of type of guns. It's not the amount of firepower. It's not the, it not, that has nothing to do with it because that's always been. That's always been around. There's, there are more people that, that owns guns in in our history. No, it's it's the people that have changed. So you need to figure out what has been the massive change in people, and what is the biggest age group that are the uh, that are the main cause of the shooting. Right. Right, and the, uh, the whole the, thing has to be unraveled back to figure out how do we get back to being those type of people again. And, 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 I, and I, I, I tell think, you this, you might not like this, but I think a lot of it has got to do with how people don't go to church anymore. There's nothing anchoring a moral compass anymore. Well, and see, I think because you
0: have to try and anchor it to a moral compass, i.e., church, that mm-hmm. you have to throw that out. You, there's no way it, it sure but it always was the society though. It, right, it sure was right, and so. You're gonna somehow walk into everybody's house and go. You're going to church, biatch. No, no, no. Okay, well that, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Is that you, you have to assume that that cat is already out of the bag. It's it's the same discussion. We got to get rid of the guns. It's out of the bag. It's gone. There's 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 no way to go recapture it. But there's no way to get rid of the guns. That's right. Just like there's no way to force people to go back to church.
1: No, it's not even a matter of force. It, it, it's a matter of getting back to the mentality that was put in place. That we would all the it, things, It's the that, same the thing. That we how, all grew up. Wh- wait, with.
0: how are you going to get? Church, how are you going to get more? How are you going to get quote re-baptized into church? How?
1: I don't know. Okay, I don't think I can that is a, a class on religion, on all different kinds of religion. Right. right. I don't have
0: time safe. to take your class. Now, what are we going to do?
1: Well, no, this is that, that's the, what I this, mean. I know, it's with the kids. It's like you can't do anything really so much with the adults that are out. So there's got to be, I don't know. Per, I, I, I don't know how to fix this, but I know well, there's a cure. I, I know I, there's a cure. I,
0: I do know how to stop it. How do you stop it? The answer is you make sure that someone has a gun. Because the I, I only agree. thing I absolutely
1: agree with you the on that. only
0: yes. and I, that does not mean this is always kind of where it spills. I'm not talking about taking everybody regardless of whether they're comfortable or not with a gun and giving them one. That's not right. what we're talking about. We're talking about making sure that in an environment, especially the ones that are hot topic, mm-hmm. there is somebody with a gun that has in general some education so that if in let's say a, a theater, example again like uh uh, roar colorado yeah there's a dude that comes in through the emergency exit after the movie starts Mm -hmm. he's dressed strangely Mm -hmm. Eh, okay whatever he sits down Mm -hmm. waits till the movie starts then he turns around racks uh racks the rounds Mm -hmm. and starts firing left Mm -hmm. and right Mm -hmm. and doesn't stop Mm -hmm. until he extinguishes his ammunition right Okay, so what is it we're going to do? And the answer is that if there was one, or let's say there's four people in the theater of a 220-seat theater. Right. If there's four people inside the theater that are armed, armed, there's now two things that happen. One, if you knew, if anybody knew that they were walking into a place where someone had a gun, Mm -hmm. they might still do it because they're not they may not be a sound mind, but they're definitively not crazy. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's not what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about somebody with ill intent. Yeah, yeah. And so if you knew that someone might be armed just because of law of averages mm-hmm. inside a theater, you might not do it. Hmm. Let's say you choose to do it anyway though. Right. Fine. Okay. Okay. So now we got four on one. If my daughter and I are sitting in a movie theater I'm one of the four, so maybe I don't count. Let's say I'm not armed. Okay. If my daughter and I are sitting in a movie theater, Mm -hmm. and weapons fire breaks out, Mm -hmm. and four other people stand up to try to shoot down the guy that's killing everybody, Mm -hmm. I'm good on it. Yeah. And I will throw my bones every single day of the week. As you should. Versus that one guy shooting until he doesn't have any more ammunition left. Yeah. And that's what I don't understand, is... uh, we shouldn't all have to be put into that situation to get what's got to happen here. Water runs through the, the area where there is least resistance Yes. period paragraph. Yes. Yes. It's the same thing inside of every single life instance. If you know that there is a path and you start experiencing resistance more often than not, you kind of veer off to one direction or the other to try and get past what the problem is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's okay. As long as you're not holding an assault rifle. Yeah. Because when you're holding an assault rifle, now the resistance, very often, is something that will also end your effort. And that's what we need. You can't just yank the weapons out of everybody's hands. There's, there's no way to achieve that. No, that's, I've, it's I've, totally that's unrealistic. absolutely
1: nothing I would never before. Okay. No. All right. Now, like I said, it's well, not the amount of guns, it's what happened with the people. Right. Okay. The, um, the, the
0: whole tools-people argument is, that's one we definitely got to put inside of a cone kind of a meat topic, inside of a future podcast. Tools versus people. Oh, Okay. Have you not heard that one?
1: Tools? Right. I haven't known.
0: Right. Okay, so imagine my cell phone is the gun that I have on my body, which I'm not going to pull out for you because we don't need to. Okay. So this is my weapon.
1: All right. And it's pointed right at me.
0: Well, maybe it's pointed at me. It doesn't have a barrel and there's no bullets in it, so I think we're okay. <laughs> All right. Bottom line, though, is you and I are staring at it. Yeah. hmm We're just going to sit here for about 30 seconds. Okay. Yeah, I... I, I I don't see any movement from no. that gun, weight. I don't see it doing anything. Nope.
1: No, you don't. don't Man, either. that's
0: amazing. That's amazing. And the reason why it doesn't do anything is because it's a tool. Ah. And it doesn't do anything until it's put into a person's hand. Is it the tool? Or is it the person wielding the tool that causes damage? That's the shortest argument on the planet. You would think so. But how many public shootings have we had where everybody goes, got to get rid of the phones. Slash guns. You know what
1: they're doing over in England right now? Some guy actually proposed and then realized it was a dumb idea. I I, I just, I got to send this to you. Putting GPSs on knives. Wow. Yeah. Now, what I got to tell you about knives, though, and that's, maybe that's how we can
0: actually trickle out the program, is Uh knives, as as much as you think, you know, don't bring a knife to a gunfight, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. If you're good at it. You don't even have to be good. Uh, I, you've accidentally nicked yourself with a reasonably sharp sharp knife, correct? Yeah. Okay. Well, now imagine if I'm at your neck.
1: Mm.
0: Imagine if I'm at your gut. Mm-hmm. Imagine if I'm in, behind you and I stab four or five times and it's a four-inch knife. Right. Guess what happens? You don't live very long. Yeah. And that that's uh, there's a wonderful video. We'll try and find and link it up. It was from Ultimate Defense. I think that they were just sharing it, though. Okay. Ultimate Defense is a local firing range that I go to often. And what they shared was the whole 21-foot rule. When was the last time you were in a shooting range? I've never, never been. You've never been.
1: I'm I am a complete gun virgin. I wish I wasn't, but the Okay,
0: that's something maybe we'll, maybe we'll try and fix that if you're comfortable with God, something yes. like that. Yes, okay. absolutely. Maybe we'll do that, and then we'll share some of that in, in a future show. Would so you we, like that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we'll, we'll think about that. Uh, the, the gist, though, is that there's a 21-foot rule. So when you're at a range, the mm-hmm. average firing distance that you want to try and— become comfortable with everything from you're just a dude walking along and then all hell breaks loose and you need to know what to do and train to do that. Okay. That's what the range is supposed to provide for you. Okay. It's not just that you bring your weapon and you, you load your magazine, put the magazine into the bottom of the gun, rack the slide, carefully take aim and pop pop, how, mm-hmm. especially if you're a concealed carrier, you want the weapon on you where the weapon is. Rather than sitting on a table yeah. inside of a comfortable range, right. where you then pick it up and then kind of make sure you're shooting bull ring, uh, right. bullseyes, uh-huh. or inside what is called the ten ring. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's not life. No. Almost every single gunfight that you can imagine is mm. seconds long. Yeah. It doesn't last minutes typically. No. No. It's it's usually very short, if at all. Mm-hmm. And that is because of a gun. Yeah. If somebody is standing there with a knife away from you, right. 21 feet away from you, and you <clears throat> already have the gun out, the chances are very good for you. But the distance that's covered inside of the video we're gonna point you guys to mm-hmm. is horrifying. It is horrifying how close 21 feet is versus what 21 feet sounds like. It will it will chill your bones. And so at a full on sprint from nothing with a knife in your hand, you have to figure, are you, one, are you going to be able to shoot somebody at all? Mm -hmm. Two, if you do shoot them, how are you going to shoot them that's going to be effective? Because everyone thinks like, right, yes and no. No? The bottom line is you want to make sure you get rounds inside of whomever is charging you. You don't have time to shoot. Center mass is a great starting point because the the numbers are there that you're going to hit something. But are you... Are you going to hit something that's going to matter? Because typically, even if I hit you in, let's say, something vital like a portion of your heart, mm-hmm. very often you'll still be able to continue for a series of seconds. Okay. Mm. Well, when a second and a half is too long, what are we talking about? How many times do you want to get stabbed tonight, Wade? Yeah. The answer is zero. Right. Nobody wants to get stabbed. No. Anyway, the just about me topic, and especially handguns, mm-hmm. Uh, especially versus knives is I think one that would be very, very cool. The best part is that I know a bunch of cops that would love to come on and talk about it, including potentially the owners over at ultimate defense who can really explain not only the real life, because many of them are former police officers, Uh but can explain the, the real life training that they give people and how incredibly important it is to train with a weapon that you have CCW Mm -hmm. because there's a difference between having a gun And it's just, it's the whole thing. There is a path and then there is knowing the path.
1: All right. And if
0: you do not know the path, it doesn't matter what kind of tool you have. Okay. 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 All right. On to my next option. Who would have thought that a simple meth possession arrest would be so entertaining? This dummy code. Me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't usually use something as mundane as people being busted for meth as entertainment side of podcastville, but okay. guess what? What? We're on the way to Flavortown here with this one. All right. All right. So not right only is it a, night. not only is it a meth bust, it is a meth bust by, Joanna meth. <laughs> <Duh>! <laughs> you got to be kidding me. No, I'm not <laughs> kidding. And so I guess if you got to, if you, you got to wear you your wanna, name and you wanna, dig your you name, yeah. J-O-A-N-N-A. Do you meth? <laughs> Joanna, Joanna, whatever. You want to go to jail? She or may as well change her name when she gets there. Right. Anyway, it was a, it was a giant landmark meth bust uh-huh. and lo and behold, it was her name. I'm trying to imagine being the responding officer on duty there. All right. Can I have your name please? Uh, math. Have you just been having too much? Or, ma'am, what's the problem? No, no, no. I'm trying to tell you my name. Meth. Miss, I know you need some meth because you're obviously acting <laughs> inappropriately, but can you tell me your name, please? And it turns into the modern day uh, who's <laughs> on, on first type yes. thing. So, I, I, again, <laughs> dummy code to Miss Juana Meth, who'll have plenty of time to figure out if she want to be in love inside a jail. Oh, uh. <laughs>
1: She might be the belle of the ball. You never know. (laughs) Terrible. Uh, And the last dummy code is a serious one for me because I am tired of the double standards Mm -hmm. that are going on here. Yep. I, like most Americans, find the First Amendment sacrosanct. And as much as it does- Why don't you define
0: sacrosanct for those that don't want to grab visual (laughs) Com.
1: Sacrosanct is, it must be kept sacred. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. I I can't agree more. Yeah, yeah. My dummy code is, for those that feel, so I guess this is kind of a general dummy code if you feel that uh, one is above the other, burning the flag is considered a right in this country. And Mm -hmm. as much as I would have the hardest time holding back and not trying to hurt the person doing that, Mm -hmm. I I must accept that, yes, it is indeed a right. But at the same time, today, and and I don't, once again, I have no issue with gay people whatsoever whatsoever. But it is considered a hate crime to burn the gay flag, the, the the rainbow flag. How is this so? How is this so? How how are both not viewed in the most heinous degree as possible, or at least grudgingly in the same vein that they are a right, that that is their that that is your First Amendment right. If I choose to burn the the old glory, or if I choose to burn. The rainbow flag of gay nation. How are they not the same? Uh, duh. Both heinous, but protected under the First Amendment.
0: One refers to a specific line of you can't discriminate against where the other one doesn't.
1: And that's bullshit. I'm I'm not I'm, I I can't possibly well, get I, behind I, that. But I see you are you, looking advocate. You
0: right, you're, you're looking for a reason and I think yeah. I just gave it to you. Okay. You, you can burn the American flag and you're focusing on what is the American flag and along with all of the things that it quote stands for. Yes. Yeah.
1: But and this is where we come back like I said the, the difference between liberal and leftist. I I I I love the English language. I think it's an amazing set of precision tools. Liberal, a classic liberal was someone who said that I may disagree with what you have to say, but I will fight to the death for you to be able to say it. Mm-hmm. And that is the instance where I talk about looking at both burning the flag and burning the, the, the gay nation flag in the same light. And with leftists, it's not the same. It's just, this is automatically a hate crime and I'm going to stop you from burning the, the, the gay nation flag, but go ahead and burn the American flag. It's evil anyway. And I, I, my dummy code goes to people that can't think in the first, but only think in the second. That it's just it, it's a leftist thing.
0: Mm. We had a ton of content to talk about tonight.
1: Yeah. But we want to know what everyone else has found that is a dummy code. Where can they go, Wade? Oh, absolutely. Go to wadesense.com. Please leave us any of the dummy codes that you found, YouTuber picks that you think that we would love to talk about, any suggestions that you have. Or show ideas as well over at wadesense.com folks i hope everybody enjoyed this episode of youtubery and dummy codes this was volume one and as always folks we hope you had as much fun listening as we have recording and remember always you can make excuses or you can have results but you cannot have both my name is wade b olson and this has been wait sense Oh, erotic, eroticism auto eroticism okay exactly and your
0: performance like in it or what no auto oh, Okay. <laughs> auto eroticism got it